If you're looking to buying a new home or selling your home, please go see Legacy Realty Group Remax Vantage and speak to Valdir Baptista Korea, real estate agent at 508-441-1628. His email is Realtor at gmail.com. His motto is your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. That's Valdir Korea at 508 441 1628. You can buy a home or you can sell the one you have. But see this guy. Like he says, your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. shovel your local residential snow removal service please contact us if you have any questions we look forward to helping you keep your property safe and clear our number is 774-634-6200 hey 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 welcome to the really tally podcast i'm your host charlie perry along with my co-host russell ramus frank slaughter with our uh, outstanding guests, Robert and Bobby Greer. Uh, this is an honor to have y'all on this podcast. And um, before I you know, continue, um, I just want to welcome everybody here. And please, please comment in the comment section. Let Mr. Greer know why he's here. And we want to give him his flowers while he's standing. Um, the man is 89 years old, just a few weeks from his 90th birthday. Um, just that in itself is a whole, is a great accomplishment here. So welcome, Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank, thank you very much. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Frank, you know, you told me about this man. You told me about his son. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. Let's do this. And we did it. We did it. And um, the the greatest thing is if, if, if you want to make something happen, you got to go after it. And, and I got that encouragement by Frank Slaughter. And I really, really appreciate you just pushing me. You, you only had to push me a little bit because when I seen and found out the history about Mr. Gray, I was like, man, I remember that story. But uh and now that he's here, I'm loving it. This is going to be a great, great podcast. Well, it's a story that needs to be told. Many African-Americans have done great things in our country. And unfortunately, we don't get to, we don't get to hear them. But, yeah. but when we have somebody, a living legend in front of us, we have to go for these kind of stories. Because this is firsthand experience rather than get it from the newspapers or get it from the books later on. Today, we have a chance to highlight Mr. Greer's accomplishments that he's done for this country, what he's done for college football, as well as the pro football. And I'm sure and he's I, done more things after that in his community. True. Thank and we're going to, let me give a little history to our listeners and viewers. Okay. Um, Bobby Greer was born in 1933, is a former football player. He was the first African-American football player to break the color barrier. Um, of the United States Collegiate Sugar Bowl in 1956, which is held in New Orleans, Louisiana, particularly in the Deep South in the mid 1950s was a period of stringent um, racial tensions, uh, segregation from sports, as well as, um, as well as other areas of life. This is the first, first African-American that played in a collegiate game um when it was all segregated now i want you to understand that this man played both sides of the ball you know there's no time out for him it was maybe a little brief water break but knowing that generation they didn't want to take any time off from being on that field they had to showcase what they had and um i don't know about you but mr greer you showcased a lot man 
God bless you. Thank you. The uh, um, oh, also inducted in the the University of Pittsburgh um, Hall of Fame. Um, definitely, that's a feat in itself. Also, so he he he's definitely, he don't have enough room on the walls from all his accomplishments. What do you? <laughs> So, Mr. Greer, um, uh, I want to go back to, I want to go back to the time when you were in at high school, and you get this. And when did you know that you were going to play for Pittsburgh Panthers? Oh, was it a scholarship? Um, someone approached you, or you just walked on? Because we have a local man here in. Uh, New Bedford named Bobby Watkins, and he walked on at Ohio State, and um, that's the only way he was going to be able to play. No, I was selected by Pitt to play for the um, Good, good. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, uh, I just wanted to know that history. I, I, I didn't know it. You know, whether you walked on at Pittsburgh or, or got a scholarship, and. Um, you know, uh, had a scholarship to Pittsburgh. They saw me play in Ohio, and they came over and asked mm. me if I'm involved for them. That's amazing. I like that. that. I have a quick question now. Did, didn't somebody else go with you to Pitt? Yes, two other players were with me. Okay. Are they still alive? Yeah. They're still alive, but uh, they didn't Finished playing one year, okay. and I played the whole time. Um, that one year was it? Was it the pressure getting to them, or was it something they just couldn't do it? No, it was just so. Okay, all right. Um, Frank, I know you have a couple of questions. Why don't we start off with you, and you can ask Mr. Greer any questions. Well, one thing I liked is he went back to his high school years, which never dawned on me. And the, and the fact that, you know, they came up to you and they asked you, hey, I, we got a scholarship at the University of Pittsburgh, which I'm sure was predominantly white at the time. How did it feel? Well, it was kind of shaky, but it, it was good. We, I came through it pretty good. And good. what were your parents thinking my son got a scholarship to this prestigious all-white university. What were they thinking? Oh, I have my father, father and my well, mainly my mother. She thought it was great that I got the scholarship. Yeah. We didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> Big, <laughs> And, 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 and you know, you're not just a co I mean college football player, so you must have had aspirations of. You know, majoring in 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 uh, in an endeavor. What was your major? My major in college was business. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, it, the um, one thing about back then is, um, I mean, even for me, growing up, gen uh, decades later, you know, I I couldn't think about college because, you know my folks just couldn't afford it you know and then being back then i just like getting at a scholarship was uh probably pie in the sky you know the um i want to um touch up on probably days before the sugar bowl you know how was that how was that for you and your family your teammates you know um you know was it a lot of stress for you uh or was it uh, how was y'all thinking going into that game? I think there was a lot of stress going. But uh, me being the only black player to play there, in fact, on the team, it was just one other black, black player, but it brought him along to keep it with me. With me. Mm -hmm. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, now, Russell, um, yeah. you, had, you, um, you had a few questions for Mr. Greer, weren't you? Well, it was a pretty, the, the time that 
before the, the, the game, um, there were a lot of things going on in the, in, in, in the community. Uh, Emmett Till, uh, Rosa Parks, there were all of these things going on around you. Did w- w- Looking at all that, what did, did your parents w- tell you anything to, to help carry you into this situation? Like, what, what did they say to you? I w- I'm trying to think of the moment when you left the house and you went to the game. What did they? What was it that was inspiring? That maybe they said, or anyone else that that was going to keep you going. That was my mother. She talked to me. She just said, "Put out and play your best." And what's up? And and didn't your coach? And our coach says, "Go go out and play." Tough, that's why we know you're good. And you're going to make a pun. Good. Make us proud of you. And you know, another thing is that we've been, we were fortunate because we grew up in the, the boys club, which is now the boys and girls club. We were surrounded by, by a lot of people who influenced us or taught us or coached us. Before you even went to high school, were you playing, let's say, in the community? What what attracted you to football, knowing that that you were up against a lot of this stuff? What attracted you to play? Did you play with your community, the community friends? As I play with the community, but Massillon was pretty well known back then for their football, <clears throat> and uh, well, all the young players, young fr- played. Played there. I was going to say, I'll let you know real quickly. You know, of course, the legendary Paul Brown, who yes. you know founded the Browns and also the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, uh, he was a coach at Maslin uh, High School before Dad's coach, but um, he coached out at Maslin, so it was a big tradition as far as football there. Real nice. Very, very real nice. So may I ask, you went to in- integrated school? Sorry about that. No, you're just grabbing a Kleenex. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, your school was integrated. Yeah, yeah the school was integrated. Wow, I did not know that back then. Oh, yeah. So you were ahead of the game. Most of schools in Ohio were integrated. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you: being integration sometimes don't mean a thing if if all you do is sit in the back of the classroom. Was it was it fair? No, we were involved in all the students were involved. No matter what their color was. Wow. And, and and the reason I'm saying that, and just to go back to Russell and and and, and Charlie's background, we went to like a, a a school in Massachusetts, and everybody from the projects where we where we were from Westlawn, almost every male and female was held back at least one grade. It was like automatic. You were not going to just go all the way through high school in 12 years. I was held back twice. A lot of other people, yeah. And that was was the integration we had. We went to school with them, but we really didn't have the same education. Yeah, go ahead. And that's why I asked asked the question, Mr. Greer, if, you know, integration really was integrated back then. And from what you're saying, it was. And that... That means you got a great education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as Madison was a school with Paul Brown, make it that good. Oh, man. The football team had a outstanding football schedule, team. Mm-hmm. But. Good. Um, Rob, this question's for you. Is there a biography for your dad? Um, well, as a matter of fact, um, one of Dad's good friends uh, wrote his PhD dissertation. That's right. Uh, on the story, and he did a fantastic job as far as bringing. You know, it's amazing how words can bring you back to another era and a time. You know, obviously I wasn't alive, but um, he really helped to sum up the the era. The Supreme Court. Did. You're muted. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. What was happening in five and ten years? Um, prior to the game and with Emmett Hill and everything. So um, so he definitely did a, a really good job at that. Um, 
and then also, you know, there's there's a, a lot of smaller clips um, from like the Sugar Bowl, and you know, Dad's also in the the Sugar Bowl Hall of Fame. Um, he went in with Jerome Bettis and um, Todd Blackley, a couple of greats who played in the Sugar Bowl. Um, but um, but there are some videos that are definitely out there as far as Dad and the story and really kind of bring it together. So so, Mr. Greer, you were inducted in the Sugar Bowl Hall of Fame. With with, with with Bennett, with Jerome Bennett at the same time? That must have been at all. I mean, uh, Jerome Bennett was probably, oh, wow. He was like a little kid in the candy store. He said, wow, Mr. Greer, Mr. Greer. Oh, he, I mean, that's, and, and it's usually reversed for him. He's usually the one that's, you know, getting all the excitement around him. And then, and, and now you, you see this, uh, this uh, Hall of Famer, you know, and and, uh, and Jerome just going R over um, over Bobby Greer, you know. So, 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 so what was it like when when, when Jerome Bennis was, was 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 focusing all the attention on you? I don't know if you're able to see this or your folks. It may not be. No, not mm-hmm. really. Maybe tilt the top down a little bit, and then. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, a little closer. Perfect. Mr. Greer. Look at that. The bust and Mr. Greer. That's perfect. Yeah. And so he knew the history. <laughs> Jerome Bennis knew the history. Yes, he knew the history. And, 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 and again, he, yeah. Even though Jerome Bennis, you know, he was a few years out of football. Mm-hmm. Here you come. You're a few decades out of football. And as Charlie always says, you just you were getting your flowers at that time. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? <laughs> yes, that was good. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, that was good. It was good." Yeah, uh... he had a good time. And as a matter of fact, also another family friend is uh, Tony Dungy, and Tony's like a, a wow a historian of the game, big time. Wow. Tony, Tony used to play as a healer and would come out to the house with his wife, Lauren, and they would just talk football, talk the old, just football, everything football, the old days, how it was and everything. So, and that was while Tony was playing. So now he's, you know, of course, Super Bowl winning coach and we still stay in touch from time to time, but the, he's, he's down in uh, Tampa with just a huge fa- family. So he, he's, he's a great guy. You know, oh, I, I have, I have a question. I want I have a question to ask when it comes to all these different Besides the players, and this person, Rusty Coles, who was the uh, the referee, did you ever get to meet him uh, later or years later? He was the guy that that made that decision. Did you ever get to meet him? No, I never had a chance to meet him. Do you think he's still alive? Or I it's hard to say. You 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 just dealt with that, so you know you you just kept your cool even after the game. If you had a chance to speak to him again, what would you say to him? Okay, I say, was this true? <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, yeah. because it was proven. It was proven by pitches that that's not yeah. what had happened. So how if you if you had, if he was sitting here right now. Would you be sort of angry at him, or would you say, you know, based on the facts, you know, you were wrong, and you know, would you? Wh- how would you? How would you deal with that? Well, as uh, based with all the facts for you, are you, would you believe reverse your decision? Right there. Yeah. That would that would be for him to do that right right here if we had him right, right now. He would have right. to say that. Yeah. Because we always sort of have people years later after they've done these kind of things come to us. And I have a, a similar story, but uh, where someone came years later and said, I was sorry, I made the wrong, I did the wrong thing. And I accepted it. I thought that was good. You know, it's too bad we didn't have him because that would be amazing to hear him say right now, yeah, it was, was the wrong decision. Yeah. But your team, the teammates, your teammates seem like really do you do you stay in touch with some of the teammates? Because they were they seem like they were really, you know, they really supported you and they were really did you know some of them from from maybe from school from another time or high school or no, none of them. 
None of them. We're all from different areas of Pennsylvania, Ohio. I think even a couple of them come from New York. And they're still alive. You get to see them and speak to them now? Every once in a while, I do. Good job, Frank. It's a beautiful picture. That's a beautiful picture. They must be real. So once in a while, you get to speak to them and... Uh, how 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 do they respond to you? How do they respond now? The same or are they they're no, still excited? Well, I'm just happy to see each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're still around. And and that's where I do my best to make sure that I get him back to the home games. You know, it's it's a you know it's a, a logistical challenge, but we make yep. it. And uh, he gets there. He does. You know, from the guys that are still you know left with us. Um, and those that do come to the games, like there's one, uh, Gordy Oliver, who has a tailgate. And as a matter of fact, Gordy's having his Christmas party coming up next Friday. So oh, wow. we're going to go to that. And there's going to yeah, be a lot nice. of people there and everything. So um, so the games really make it nice for him to kind of, um, especially with COVID and everything, to kind of get out and relax. And, of course, we're safe. You know, we're, we wear our masks and everything. So, uh, but it's a good time. But, again, <laughs> Going back to that picture, you, you just could see the, 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 the love that your teammates had for you and how much they admired you. you. You're in the center of that picture. You're holding the newspaper. The newspaper is, is, is talking about how the South was dealing with this. And all four of your friends are thumbs down. They said, this is not what we're about. And there again, that's the thing that was breaking the racial tension in America. To know that a man is a man, no matter who he is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I love that picture. Yeah, that's a good picture. Mm-hmm. And, then, and there's one of his teammates, Bob Rossborough, who um, he's still with us. But it, like every time he always reminds me, said, "You know what? When we all came together and voted, and then voted to say, without without Bob, we're not going down there. So no Greer, no game." Wow. When he's when he's when he said when they left the locker room, he said that's that's one of the best feelings. He's he he felt so proud, and he rates it up there with his wedding. And, I feel oh, wow. I, I feel yeah. the goosebumps. And when he Amen. brings it up to this day, he gets choked up. Yeah. Now you, it's the Greer. You guys are playing against twelve people, probably a little bit more, probably fifteen people. It was Pittsburgh Panthers against. Probably fifteen other people on the on the on the field, and that's including the the referees. Now you had fifty yards rushing. I guarantee you. Well, I, I assume I assume that you would have had a hundred yards, but there were some holding flags on the on you know laundry on the field when you probably broke it maybe fifteen twenty yards, and it got called back. Was that the case? Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> I was saying that was the case. <laughs> he still ended up the leading rusher of the game, though. Yeah, that's true. They took took half of it away, and he's still he's still number one. Awesome. <laughs> Those were fifty hard yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, you can hear our, our Massachusetts accent. Hard yards. Hard. <laughs> that's that's Frank. He hasn't left it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer, what 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 I want to know is because we all try to, you know, I I played a little bit of football. I wasn't a very big guy; I was small. Uh, but what what were you doing? Because a lot of people now, they all, you know, everybody's got to go to a gym, and you know, they got to run to the gym and pay the gym bill and everything else. What were you doing to keep yourself in shape, and how were you also keeping your health together? Was it was it a certain diet, or were you, you know? There's got to be something that kept that energy going. His mother's cooking. <laughs> yeah, so it was my mother's cooking. It's, mom, it's always mom's cooking, man. I know yeah, that. Yeah. She kept, kept us in shape. And they they walked a lot, in, yeah. especially in Maslin. You know, Maslin's a small town, but he walked to school every day. As a matter of huh? fact, with one of his um, a childhood friends, who he's still friends with today, who ended up becoming the superintendent at Maslin schools. But, um, but he, they walked together ever since they were in elementary school all the way through high school. Um, and then whenever he came to Pitt, of course, Pitt used to have a stadium on campus and, you know, we're in Pittsburgh, so there's all kinds of Hills. 
So, you know, they were walking every day up and down big hills just to go to practice. But we had talked about this before, the, the weightlifting. What, what, mm. did, you, did you do a lot of weightlifting? No, we didn't do a lot of weightlifting. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I've, I've told Frank, Frank used to be my coach. He'd get us running in the morning. And I always say that I'm not, I don't like gyms. I always like outdoor, outdoor, getting in shape outdoors and running and stuff. Right. And uh, I, I guess if I say I don't like gyms, Frank, Frank's going to be upset because he's a boxing coach. <laughs> but 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 Mr. Greer, you know you're the best because you're gonna prove that you do not have to pay to go to a gym to get in good shape. That's it, absolutely. Did you oh. hear that, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and I'm good with it because the proof of the pudding is Mr. Greer and Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer said it. He said it. Mr. Greer said it. Everybody heard it. You don't have to go to the gym every day. <laughs> All right, just put Jim's out of business today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Russell's steady taking money out of people's pockets. <laughs> the uh Mr. Gree, um Georgia Tech was kind of real instrumental for as far as support um during that time, during that game, just before the Sugar Bowl. Um have they reached out to you, you know, and and maybe did some commemoration for you or anything like that, Georgia Tech? No, they haven't done anything like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, but we, we are blessed enough to um, have connected to the grandson of the, of the former Georgia Tech president at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, his name was Blake Van Leer. And, yeah, he, and when, when Frank held up that picture and the, the ad, the banner that was going across that the Georgia students rioted. Well, when the governor came in and said that this is the South's Armageddon and, you know, I forbid Georgia Tech to go and play in the game. So this was the governor of politics coming in and saying that he forbids Georgia Tech to come and play. It was, it was white Blake Van Leer who turned around and told that governor said, if you don't let us play in that, if you don't let Georgia Tech play in that game, you're going to be looking for a new president of this university. True. So, you know, you can imagine what that was also like to have a white person in, in the deep south, you know, standing up to a governor, you know, very, very political. But the headlines for that story that Frank wrote, the Georgia Tech students, they wanted to play in the game. They wanted to go because it was a very prestigious thing. There weren't that many bowls back then. Mm -hmm. And so the students rioted and they went to the governor's mansion. They burned the governor in effigy. Wow. Then they got turned away. Then they went to the state house. They broke through the Georgia Bureau of Investigations uh, barricades. They broke into the state house, the Georgia state house, and they trashed it. Wow. So, you know, almost like January 6th. Um, but the, in a good, the, but, but for a good cause, correct? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's over so, again. They wanted, to, they wanted their team to play in the Sugar Bowl. And again, that's how, you know, we advance the race issues in America is to have everybody on our side for the right reason. And that's what, it, that's what that was all about. Yes. Because it could have went south on us <laughs> as a pun. It could have been the other way. Yeah. Absolutely. The, uh, it's the president of uh, Georgia Tech actually, um, he got applauded for his you know, his courage, you know, and mm -hmm. his stance on the situation. Um, and I believe it was on the, uh, um, I believe it was Senate floor, I believe. I, I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to remember that history. But he got applauded for standing. And and, and the people that applauded him were, were uh, white Southerners that were applauding him. So there was many, many people that were standing behind uh, this game, you know, they wanted it, it to happen. And I'm so, it's, it's nice to hear that because we, it's part of civil, the civil rights era, you know, and, and, and that was, people think that it only started in 1960 or, you know, late 60s, you know, it, it definitely started way before that. It was in the fifties. People, there was several, several 
gatherings and protests and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, that was that was a great era. Mr. Greer, why don't you speak on that, please? Um, excuse me. Yeah. It was a good uh, time back then. No. Oh, as far as the time, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It was definitely a challenging and difficult time for the country. And um, I think this is what Ivan, Ivan Maisel out of ESPN called Dad a reluctant hero. That he, you know, he was wanting to play the game. You know, he wasn't trying to make any political statements. Mm-hmm. He was focused on, you know, his role as, as you know, a, a teammate of the University of Pittsburgh football team. So um, it's just that how things unfolded, you know, really started to take them to a whole new level because dad was getting letters from like all over the world. And we still have a, a bunch of them. And, and like 99.9% are all positive and talking about, I wish the governor would just stay out of it and, you know, good luck. And so... And that, that, I mean, that, that comes from good people and it also comes from, from football fans, you know, a football fan wants to see a game. They want to see the best of the best, you know, and, and Mr. Greer, you were the best of the best, you know, you don't play for the university of Pittsburgh by just being, you know, best of the bums. You wasn't that, you know, you were, you were one of the best. I mean, Rob, look at the t-shirt look where he's coming from. He's coming (laughs) from, some cream of the crop people, and um, I, I just uh, I don't know. I'm still amazed by this story, and we've been looking into it for a long time. And um, I just uh, Rob, you're gonna have to do some some work, man. You 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 got to create your own biography for your dad. You know, definitely. Create create a Greer, You know. You know, there was like a that. there was a question. A, a, a listener has a question. He, uh, uh, Michael Reese wanted to uh, Wayne Reese wanted to know if you ever got a chance to, to meet Jackie Robinson. No, no, I didn't. I'm sorry about that. I never had a chance. No, that's that's um... but, but I can definitely. I'll get Dad to tell this story. But um, but our cousin Rosie Greer played at Penn State. And and I don't know if your viewers, you know, remember Rosie Greer, but Rosie, you know, is part of the fearsome foursome with Merlin Olsen, played for the Giants and played for the Rams. But also he was one of the people instrumental in catching uh, Sirhan Sirhan, That's right. Robert Kennedy's uh, killer out in California. But mm-hmm. do you want to tell the story about when you, you guys played against uh, uh, Rosie? Mm-hmm. And you ran the ball? Oh, you got to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I ran the ball against Rosie. We played against him. Penn State. We know I was just laughing with each other. And so, everybody. You went, you went mute. You went mute. Yeah. You went mute. Could you start again? Can you start again, please? There you go. Can you start okay, it again? Yeah. Okay. About you running and what did he tell you? About me running and he says, I'll get you, cuz. Okay. <laughs> I'll get you. Cause. Hey, you're not my cousin. <laughs> 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 <We're both there>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You come from you come some pretty good stock. I mean, Rosie Greer. And then, you know, uh, Pam Greer is related to you, how? The actress? No, not I'm over Renee. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we have a big family in, in um, South Carolina and in Georgia. And it's a huge, huge family. Um, we have the, the patriarch of our family had 68 children. Wow. Nice. And it, right. And this was, of course, during slavery times, and he was definitely used as a stud. And he ended up getting two white women pregnant, and they had to, in order to save his life, move him up, up north. So he moved to New Jersey, and 
and I have more family in New Jersey. So yeah, we have family all over the place. The, uh, that's, that's amazing because how many young men like me, Russell, Frank, wanted to marry Pam Bria, you would have had like 50 million relatives. <laughs> you know, I would go see her twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Robert, right down the street from my house is an old, is a very old theater. And um, they, when the posters came up, when Pam Greer was there, I mean, it was like ants. You should have seen all the all of us just running over to see Pam Greer. So it was un, it was unstoppable. And, um, you know, nice. well, but that's a different I, story. Well, as much as we can say. Before, <laughs> before we stop that, you know, I just, uh, you know, Rob, if you can do anything, I'd like to have Pam Greer on the Really Charlie podcast so my wife can say, really, Charlie? <laughs> and I'll, sec- I'll second that with my wife, really, Russ, Frank. <laughs> Really, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife uh, won't know too much about Pam Grier. She was born in uh, about 64, 65, and she came to this country when she was older, so she wouldn't know. So I wouldn't have to say, really. I just yeah. say, yep, I'm watching Pam Grier. <laughs> Mr. 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 Grier, uh, and maybe, Robert, you can you can answer this. Did, did Were you influenced by your father with football and – were you, you know, what kind of sports did you play? Yeah, I was definitely influenced by dad and playing football. You know, with football, he had a lot of, you know, injuries. He's had like five back surgeries. Um, for the longest, he didn't have any kneecaps. Just oh. growing up, didn't have any kneecaps. So he had, you know, arthritis was in there and everything. And so as I was growing up, he didn't want me to play youth football. He was like, you know, wait until – you know, you're old enough, your bones have developed. So, um, so baseball was my sport. So that's what I did is I played baseball. Very nice. Very, very nice. Well, you, you just said something that's like, so uh, with what's going on in this era and uh, Mr. Greer, when you, when you said you didn't want him to play uh, sports as a, as a young person, because there was a controversial thing going on with young people being hit um, in the head that their heads, that their their brains are too soft to get injuries like that, and that's it, what what you probably said to him. You know, a lot of parents now believe too that you know you sh- you need really to wait because your body's not fully developed to take this kind of contact. And uh, in hearing now that you you took so much contact back then, and it resulted later in life, um, you know that that could result. Yeah, that's right. I think you tell them, you know, wait till later, wait till you get a little more in age where you really get hurt and a little bigger than me. Yeah. Well, there's one thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get a Pittsburgh Panthers jersey and I'm going to put Mr. Greer's name on the back of it and I'm going to wear it. Every chance I get, you know, I had number thirty-eight. Number thirty-eight. It's a good number, isn't it, man? Yeah, sure is. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you, Vic. Yeah. Now, well. can I advance this a little bit? Okay, sure. go ahead. Football, day, football years were over with you. You, you know, you did your thing at, at the university. You uh, graduated, obviously, in, in, as a business major. What did you go on to be after that? Oh, well, not. Uh, in the Air Force, I wanted, <clears throat> me, I wanted to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. It didn't make the, but I got to be a missile officer. And mm-hmm. went through that. Let's see. Spent my time in, in the US Air Force. And how long were you in for? Nice cup. <laughs> 11 years, 6 months, and 28 days. Could you, could you repeat that? You were in it for how long? 11 years. 11 oh, okay. years. Wow. And wow. What, what, what rank did you obtain? What's your highest rank you obtained? Came out of captain. 
Nice, nice. Hmm. And, and the reason, you know, I have a background in the military, family's been in the military, all that, like Russell's dad. I went to two branches, but I remember the Air Force was my last branch. And I remember missiles was probably one of the worst assignments that an officer could get out of the academy, especially when they wanted to be officers. Because they were usually up there in the north part of the country, Minot, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Drills were daily, were constant. You know, they stick you down in the hole for 12 hours, lock the door, and you don't get out until, the, the you know, your 12-hour shift is over. You sit in the chair, and you got these two buttons you have to push and all that stuff, and, and, and all these drills. So how did you deal with that? Well, <laughs> it didn't bother me at all, it seemed. Wow. But um, but my missile was a more one that we took up on the ground, not the big big one. Okay. Small okay. One. That's nice. Some of our listeners are saying thank you, thank you for your service, um, and I want to say thank you for your service. Um, uh, of U.S. veterans uh, mean a lot to me. And um, I just want to say thank you. Charlie, can I ask you, um, are there any questions from the audience? Well, one was, uh, we were asking, they were asking about the book and where was it, where could it be found? Uh, You know, it would be that dissertation from, uh, um, that Rob Rob had talked about. I was wondering where we could locate that. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, we are in the process of putting one together, so um, uh, they, we don't have a physical book yet, but it's it's in the works. Good. That will be that will be number one for me that month. Whenever it comes out, I will definitely grab that. Um, and uh, I know Russell will. Russell, you need to put that in the library, right, brother? That's right. I just want to wait a minute. We're going to go sign copies. What are you talking about, Charlie? We got three signed yes, copies coming out. Where we're paid for them, you got to yeah. sign them. I just want, I just, I just want to say, you did have one listener, a uh, one listener, um, Ian and uh, uh, Ian, Ian White. Uh, Ian, excuse me, Ian. I'm saying Ian. Ian White would like to say thank you for your service. So we do have a, a really good listen listening audience right now. That's that's uh, wants wants to tell you they appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for listening. Now, uh, I got a question. Um, uh, your granddaughter did a great interview with you. You know, that was a great video. I talked to Rob about it, and um, that was one of my favorites. Can, can, oh, can yeah. we talk about that? Oh, yes. Caregivers. Yeah, that, that, was, that was part of... So, with the, of course, dad being a veteran and, you know, um, you know, issues and needs with the veteran community, especially after coming out of service. And so dad, you know, uh, works with the Veterans Administration, does, you know, we, we have no issues or problems with them. Um, they've been really a blessing in dad's life. You know, some of his, as a matter of fact, his last knee surgery he had there, uh, they have a partnership with UPMC as far as doctors and they just did a fantastic job just from, from A to Z. But um, we also got connected to um, the Elizabeth Dole foundation. And, and of course, most recently, as you know, uh, Bob Dole has passed on. He was 98 yeah. old. Hey, rest in peace. But his wife started practice and foundation um, is focused on veteran healthcare issues as well as veteran caregiver issues. So um, that's where we were fortunate enough to be part of um, a film called Sky Blossom. And this documentary highlighted five families across the United States and what challenges uh, people go through as far as taking care of veterans and um, just you know daily life activities that many people may not realize or understand. So, but in there, they also told a little bit about the sugar bowl and that's Thank you, uh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, Rob, when I, you and I had talked, Russell, your papers make a lot of background noise. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, the uh, uh, Sky Blossom, I, I, I want to, you know, 
second that, you know, that's something that we all should look at and view and check out. Um, and thanks to Rob for bringing that to my attention because that would have definitely been something that I would have missed. And um, because you mentioned it, I, I was definitely, I checked it out and um, very impressed with it. Yeah, that's a podcast in itself. Yes, it is. Sure is. Um, Sherry, Sherry Barrows, says, um, she leaves a comment and I'll, I'll get back to you, Frank. No, no. Um, Sherry Barrows, Lisa, she says that I am delighted to see the podcast with all those wonderful fellas and to have the one, um, excuse me, the one and only as a guest, Bobby Greer, who broke barriers to the NFL. Um, now that would be more like collegiate, right, Mr. Greer? The first black American, uh, black football sure. player. Yes, yeah, sure. thank you. Mr. Greer, for my brothers and sons and grandsons to have the opportunity to play the game. Thank you for paving the way and to see your involvement of being a great, uh, it says coach, but it would be a player to inspire it all. You never gave up on the game and we all love you. This is yeah. such an honor and not only to see a great person as you. Oh, thank you very That's much. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, I want I want to say this though. When, when you when you say this collegian, his grace as a player and what happened to the Sugar Bowl, they had a lot of influence on the NFL and how how we know that we can bring these players up and they're gonna you know they're gonna represent the game with the same kind of grace and humility that Mr. Greer did. So yes, it was collegian, but also it was also pros as well. True, and then, and then one of the things I was be part of the introduction, and one of I wanted one of the things I wanted to say, and I didn't, but it was that he had what he has done is he was able to give us uh, give the greats an opportunity, and and I was just going to go down the line from Jim Brown, and without um, I knew the relationship, but I, I in my vocabulary I would have said Jim Brown, Rosie Greer. Walter Payton, Randall Cunningham, uh, and this go on, you know, Jerome Bettis, and it, you go on and on and on, and, and you know, uh, Earl Campbell. It's it just the legacy that, that the legacy of those players just being black in itself, you know, is thanks to Mr. Greer and everyone that made this game happen, we have some greats. And when we mention those greats, we also have to mention Bob Greer. You know, when we mention Rosie Greer, got to mention Bob Greer. When we mention Randall Cunningham, we got to say Bob Greer because guess what? If he didn't do it, how long would it have taken? How long would it have taken for the next person? Because you know what? If they had had some resistance and no one wanted to test it, when would have been the next time that they were able to test it, you know? Or even it could have stopped a lot of things. It could have stopped the recruitment of black players in those institutions that we have across the nation. So the timing was great and the player was great. Um, and and I love it. I love it. You Thanks. know, I, I, I wanted to interject because you heard me flipping around with the paper and I was getting excited. I just had to share this. I found this on Wikipedia. And on this paper here, I was looking at from the times that incident that happened to you and right up until this current time, do you know that the audience grew, the audience stayed consistent, that more people came to the games because of, because of your actions, the audience didn't leave. The audience wasn't upset. So there goes a factual proof that the audience ex was excited about seeing that happen. And it kept growing and growing and growing right up into this day. And that's what I had found on, uh, Wikipedia, and I was like really, really impressed that um, you made the audience grow. Not only that, they just, everybody wanted to keep coming after that. They didn't just walk away. And, and in, in Pittsburgh, especially, you know, because the, you know, Pitt lost the game, people were upset because they showed it on, on national TV. And I remember, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, dad was like a celebrity. People would, oh, that's Bobby Greer. Oh, that's Bobby Greer. <laughs> and then now I'm a kid. I'm thinking, I'm like, dad, how do they know you? You know, <laughs> he's like, you know, remember I played football and I had the football pictures in the, in the, in the rooms and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You know, so 
but it was always cool because like this one time it was there's satchel page wow you know like and he's came coming up to dad bobby greer man i can't believe it's you and you know i'm thinking dad that's satchel page you know so yeah it was pretty awesome and that makes me smile and i'll tell you why again and i'm going to reiterate this it was the grace of your father in in the losing game that made it possible for them to to to, to us to advance you know with the grace of uh uh, uh, of, of the other players, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm sorry, the, the, the Hank, not Hank Aaron, but um, Robinson, Jackie Robinson. They, at the time, we couldn't be militant. We couldn't be angry because that was the stereotype they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But when they saw an intelligent black man with grace and understood the game was bigger than him, the loss was not his fault but he could accept it because it was bigger than him. That's why the game grew for African-Americans and for the rest of the country. And the NFL should be thanking Mr. Greer for bringing this, for exploding NFL the way it is today. And, you know, Dad, Dad always taught me to, you know, you, you win like a champion and you lose like a champion. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yes. yes play the next play, you know, and in some cases it's the next game. You know, you play that next play, regardless if it was good, bad, you know, you score a touchdown, guess what? You got to run, get back on that sideline. You may be part of that kickoff, you know, or something. You got to play the next play. Um, and, and whether it's good, bad, or ugly, you definitely got to play that next play. And um, I, uh, I enjoyed coaching football um, and very much so um, – it, it just was that one particular sport that, um, you know, it allowed me. Uh, actually, it's some of my greatest friends are from my football teams. You know, and, um, it's uh, it's just something. It's just something about that sport that does a lot. You know, as far as relationships. It's the American game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And, and you know, Mr. Greer, you and I, I definitely have something. In common with you, I did play football myself when I was in when I was in high school. Unfortunately, because of a back injury, I couldn't play anymore. the The reason I'm um, together is because of a doctor. It was a, a doctor who was for the Patriots uh, put me back together. But I I not only played football, but I also I was also a swimmer, which was uh, uh, an unusual circumstance at my high school. But I proved that I could do both those things, and I'll always once an athlete will always be an athlete and you're you're still an athlete sitting there yes you are. because of it, just because you have injuries doesn't mean that you 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 can't do it and i and and, and we will prove it until till the end day so respectfully i know you're still an athlete injuries don't mean anything to us we're still going to move ahead charlie there's a good comment i want you to read it I, I sure will frank yeah the uh mr greer someone uh ian white says that uh what is something that Mr. Greer might want the youth of today to know? Any advice, maybe either in football or in life? Great, great. Mm. Take your time. And any uh, advice for the kids of today, um, you know, in life or in sports? In, uh, in sports and in life, play your best and always do your best. Awesome. Awesome. That's a great. You yeah. can't, that should be in quotations, you know, put on a board somewhere. It definitely, uh, it's for everybody. It's definitely for that was everybody. A great question. Great question from the audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Ian, Ian is, a, a, a he's actually a service. He's a veteran himself, you know? Okay. So, uh, he's a veteran himself and, um, definitely doing a lot in this city. Um, and he, you know, he came here and he he transferred here and he, he built uh, quite a life for himself and his family. So um, he's definitely someone that's, um, you know, gets thumbs up by me all the time because he's, he's always trying to do something for others. And before before we go, um, I would like to, in the warmer months, invite Bobby and Mr. Greer to New Bedford, Massachusetts to see our great city to see the history of our, of our city. There was a city where Frederick Douglass escaped from slavery 
and understood that the North was much more better than the South when it came to treating the, treating people with, with, with equality. And we got a lot of an underground railroad went through New Bedford as well. And we got historians like uh, Miss Lee Blake. She could bring you around the city and tell you everything about the Underground Railroad, Frederick Douglass, uh, the whaling ships. Our, our, our background, Cape Verdean background, we came off the ship to New Bedford. And one of the things was when you got on ship and you came and you didn't have no shoes, you would say, Saprata Tabash, right? Mm-hmm. I can't say it right. <laughs> and that means throw those shoes, work shoes on boat. Because if you got off the boat with no shoes, you went back on the boat. So people would stand on the pier and throw their shoes for their relatives to wear when they got off the boat. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and if you watch the movie uh, Glory with Denzel Washington, what uh, they, did, they didn't sort of emphasize is that uh, William H. Carney is the gentleman that carried the flag. When the flag was dropped, he's... He's from uh, right here in our neighborhood. Matter of fact, the building that I'm living in, uh, he actually rode by in a horse uh, in, a, in a parade years later after the Civil War. But it took him many, many years to even get his medal. And he had to, he actually had to have a friend go to Paris to get it because he got the uh, uh, c- uh, Congressional Medal of Honor. But it wasn't given it to him for years later. He had to go with correspondence to get it back. And he's buried in one of our local cemeteries. So uh, along with a lot of the 54 that you see in the movie, they are actually buried in our city. So, you know, we, we see that and we know that because there were people that would travel, you know, with, with the battle squad and then bring some of the bodies back. So some of them did come back and they're buried in our, in our city. So we, so we, we see that movie. Your history to come to our city and see our history. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, we, love to do that, big time. Yeah. And um, we we failed to mention uh, Ezel Ezel Blair of the Greensboro Four. He's also a resident here in the city, um, and uh, where they did the sit-ins, sit-ins at um, at the college universities and and different uh, Greensboro, oh, Greensboro, and Greensboro. They did the sit-ins, and um, you know he's right here in the city. A dear dear friend of my dad's but that's another historian here um and uh if you do venture off to uh you know new bedford massachusetts that's somebody i would definitely connect with you guys along with lee blake um because you can't get any better than that right right frank you can't she knows she, she's our historian for mm-hmm. years a mentor and she's african-american mm-hmm. she, uh, all right um guys i i I really um appreciate you guys co-hosting um and and rob greer kind of co-guest with his dad mr bobby greer that is definitely something that um this is by far my favorite this this podcast is definitely something i'm going to send all over the place so people learn a little bit more about you and um and Rob, when you get that that material cover to cover, get it all squared away. Um, we got to talk to Russell Ramis and get into the the main uh, library here in New Bedford and get it into libraries across the country too. Most definitely, most definitely. And we also hopefully sooner have some good news as far as um, either a, a documentary or a film. So we'll definitely keep you. We'll definitely keep you. Wow. Awesome. That is real nice. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank All right. you very much. Thank you. Um, very, very appreciative. Thank you very much. Okay, you guys, keep up the history. Um, January 2nd is going to be the 90th birthday of Bobby Greer. So you, everyone, listeners, viewers, remember January 2nd, I want everyone to get on their pages and Facebook, Instagram, and say happy birthday to Bobby Greer. And um, I'm going to start the trend as soon as that day comes. And I'm going to actually start right at midnight, you know. Um, and uh, toast to the Greer family. Rob, if you can kiss your cousin, kiss Pam Greer for me. I really, <laughs> <laughs> really, really, Charlie. Really, Charlie. Really, Charlie. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> 
All right. All right. All right. And hope Thank to see you, you in the Bedford. Let me know. I'll be with you. All right. All right. That sounds good. Right. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care. Peace. 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 All right, everyone, that was the guest, Bobby Greer, and I can't forget his son, Rob Greer, my co-host, Frank Slaughter and Russell Raymond, doing their thing as they always. I can count on those two for doing a lot, a lot of things for me. They they really bring a a lot to this podcast, and I I welcome there on on this podcast anytime they want. You know, regardless of what the subject is, if uh, Frank and Russell want to co-host on this podcast, they can do it anytime they want, no matter what. Bob Greer is Bobby Greer, first African-American to play in the uh, Sugar Bowl 1956. Please look into that history, you know, and share it with your family and friends. And when you're talking about papers during Black History Month, and we all know Black History is every month. But if you're doing a paper, you know what? Or your kid is suggesting that they have to do a paper at school, you know, give them give them the name Bobby Greer because there's a lot behind that man, a lot of history. So, God bless. Thank you. And I'm going to continue on the Really Charlie podcast here on Streamyard, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. Please like and subscribe to this channel. This episode will be downloaded within the next few minutes on those platforms. Thank you. Thank you very much. And have a good day and a good night.